Chapter Thirty of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheridan Lefano. Chapter Thirty, concerning a certain woman in black. And Tool, holding her stout wrist, felt her pulse and said, "Hem." i see and and so he ran on with half a dozen questions and at the end of his catechism said bluntly enough i tell you what it is mrs mac you have something on your mind my dear madam and till it's off you'll never be better poor mrs mac opened her eyes and made a gesture of amazed disclaimer with her hands palm upwards it was all affectation pish said tool who saw the secret almost in his grasp don't tell me my dear madam don't you think i know my business by this time of day i tell you again you'd better ease your mind or take my word for it you'll be sorry too late how would you like to go off like poor old peggy slow eh there's more paralysis apoplexy heart diseases and lunacy caused in one year by that sort of silly secrecy and moping than by hang it my dear madam urged tool breaking into a bold exhortation on seeing signs of confusion and yielding in his fat patient you tell me all that concerns your health and know that tom tool would put his hand in the fire before he'd let a living soul hear a symptom of your case and hear some paltry little folly or trouble that i would not as i am a gentleman give a halfpenny to hear and you're afraid to tell me and though until you do neither i nor all the doctors in europe can do you a hayperth of good sure i've nothing to tell doctor dear whimpered poor mrs mac dissolving into her handkerchief look ye there's no use in trying to deceive a doctor that knows what he's about tool was by this time half mad with curiosity don't tell me what's on your mind though i'd be sorry you thought i wasn't ready and anxious to help you with my best and most secret services but i confess my dear mum i'd rather not hear reserve it for some friend who has your confidence but tis plain from the condition you're in and tool closed his lips hard and nodded twice or thrice you have not told either the major or your daughter and tell it you must to some one or take the consequences oh dr tool i am in trouble and i'd like to tell you but won't you won't you promise me now on your solemn honour if i do you won't tell a human being blubbered the poor matron conscience honor veracity mum but why should i say any more don't you know me my dear mrs mac sick tool in a hot fidget and with all the persuasion of which he was master indeed i do and i'm in great trouble and sometimes think no one can take me out of it pursued she come come my dear madam is it money demanded tool oh no it's tis a dreadful that is 
there is money in it but oh dear dr toole there's a frightful woman and i don't know what to do and i sometimes thought you might be able to help me you're so clever and i was going to tell you but i was ashamed there now it's out and she blubbered aloud what's out said toole irritated i can't stop here all day you know and if you'd rather i'd go say so oh no but the major nor maggie does not know a word about it and so for your life don't tell them and and here it is and from her pocket she produced a number of the freeman's journal five or six weeks old and a great deal soiled read it read it doctor dear and you'll see read all this thank you mum i read it a month ago said the doctor gruffly oh no this only there you see here and she indicated a particular advertisement which we here reprint for the reader's instruction and thus it ran mary matchwell's most humble respects attend the nobility and gentry she has the honour to acquaint them that she transacts all business relative to courtship and marriage with the utmost dispatch and punctuality she has at a considerable expense procured a complete list of all the unmarried persons of both sexes in this kingdom with an exact account of their characters fortunes ages and persons any lady or gentleman by sending a description of the husband or wife they would choose shall be informed where such a one is to be had and put in a method for obtaining him or her in the speediest manner and at the smallest expense mrs matchwell's charges being always proportioned to the fortunes of the parties and not to be paid till the marriage takes place she hopes the honour and secrecy she will observe in her dealings will encourage an unfortunate woman who hath experienced the greatest vicissitudes of life as will be seen in her memoirs which are shortly to be published under the title of fortune's football all letters directed to m m and sent post paid to the office where this paper is published shall be answered with care yes yes i remember that a cheating gypsy why it's going on still i saw it again yesterday i think a lying jade and this is the rogue that troubles you said toole with his finger on the paragraph as the paper lay on the table give it to me doctor dear i would not have them see it for the world and and oh doctor sure you wouldn't tell ah bother didn't i swear my soul mom and do you think i'm going to commit a perjury about mary matchwell Fit. well with much ado and a great circumbendibus and floods of tears and all sorts of deprecations and confusions out came the murder at last poor mrs mac had a duty to perform by her daughter her brother was the best man in the world but what with them shocking forfeitures in her father's time a jacobite grand-uncle had forfeited a couple of town lands value thirty-seven pounds per annum 
in king william's time and to that event in general terms she loved to refer the ruin of her family and some youthful extravagances his income joined to hers could not keep the dear child in that fashion and appearance her mother had enjoyed before her and people without pedigree or solid pretension of any sort looked down upon her just because they had money she meant the chatsworths and denied her the position which was hers of right and so seeing no other way of doing the poor child justice she applied to m m to find a husband for mag eh said tool no no oh dr tool twas twas for me sobbed poor mrs mac tool stared for a moment and had to turn quickly about and admire some shell-work in a glass box over the chimney-piece very closely and i think his stout short back was shaking tremulously as he did so and when he turned round again though his face was extraordinarily grave it was a good deal redder than usual well my dear madam and where's the great harm in that when all's done said tool oh doctor i had the unpardonable wakeness whatever came over me to write her two letters on the subject and she'll print them and expose me unless here she rolled herself about in an agony of tears and buried her fat face in the back of the chair unless you give her money i suppose said tool there's what inevitably comes of confidential communications with female enchanters and gypsies and what do you propose to do i don't know what can i do she got the five pounds i borrowed from my brother and he can't lend me more and i can't tell him what i done with that and she has three pound ten shillings i i raised on my best fan and the elegant souclinet you know i bought it of knox and atchison at the indian queen and dame street and his poor patient turned up her small tearful blue eyes imploringly to his face and her good-natured old features were quivering all over with tribulation and mag knows nothing of all this said tool oh not for the wide world whispered the matron in great alarm wished is that her coming no there she is across the street talking to mrs nutter listen to me i'll manage that lady mrs mary what's her name matchwell i'll take her in hands and whisper now so tool entered into details and completed an officious little conspiracy and the upshot of it was that mrs mac whenever m m fixed a day for her next extortionate visit was to apprise the doctor who was to keep in the way and when she arrived the good lady was just to send across to him for some peppermint drops upon which hint tool himself would come slyly over and place himself behind the heiress in the bedroom whither for greater seclusion and secrecy she was to conduct the redoubted mary matchwell who was thus to be overheard and taken by the clever doctor in the act and then and there 
frightened not only into a surrender of the documents but of the money she had already extracted and compelled to sign such a confession of her guilt as would effectually turn the tables and place her at the mercy of the once more happy mcnamara the doctor was so confident and the scheme to the sanguine celtic imagination of the worthy matron appeared so facile of execution and infallible of success that i believe she would at that moment have embraced and even kissed little tool in the exuberance of her gratitude had that learned physician cared for such fooleries the fact is however that neither the doctor nor his patient quite understood mrs matchwell or her powers nor had the least inkling of the marvellous designs that were ripening in her brain and involving the fate of more than one of the good easy people of chapel is it against whom nobody dreamed a thunderbolt was forging so the doctor being a discreet man only shook her cordially by the hand at his departure patting her encouragingly at the same time on her fat shoulder and with a sly grin and a wink and a wag of his head offering to lay fifty that between them they'd be too hard for the witch end of chapter thirty recording by john brandon